Hello, everybody. Welcome to Episode 7 of Bulldog Dialogue. I'm your host, Gardner-Webb University President William Downs. Engaging in constructive town-gown relationships is essential for the success of both colleges and their surrounding communities. And today we have the best representatives around to talk about how we in Bulldog Nation can partner with our neighbors and get to know a little more about them. Brian Epley is the Cleveland County Manager and Justin Longino is Town Manager for Bowling Springs, North Carolina. They are today's guests. So stay with us to find out more about our community connections and how you might be able to get involved in our local government boards and committees. We'll also check out some Gardner Web news and online posts, all that and a whole lot more on Bulldog Dialogue. So stick around. We're excited to announce that this fall, Gardner Web University welcomes 105 international students from 46 different countries. Our global footprint at the web continues to expand. To find out how you may be able to assist and engage with our international population, contact Tina Earls at 704-406-2155. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Brian and Justin, welcome to the Bulldog Dialogue. We appreciate you coming in to chat about our hometown and and the home county of Gardner-Webb University. Looking forward to hearing and sharing with our listeners what's happening in our local community and, and what we can all accomplish together. First, first, let's find out a little bit about who you guys are and what you actually do, because our listeners may not know what a county manager does or what a town manager does. Are you elected? Are you appointed? What is a typical day in the life of a county manager and a town manager look like? Brian Epley. Well, first, uh, thanks for the invitation. Uh, privilege to be here. Um, and um, I'd start by saying there is no such thing as a typical day. Um, <laughs> the uh, Our job, um, and I speak certainly for all that are in professional management for local government, is to, to ensure that uh, the needs of the community are being met. We're, uh, we try to have a, a servant leadership-based mentality that really uh, you know, encompasses all the things that ultimately help improve our community. And that's really the mission and purpose of Cleveland County Government uh, and my job is to help fulfill that mission, and that's that's to make Cleveland County be the community of choice. Um, that's to make sure that our residents are served at a high level. Um, we're appointed. I serve at the pleasure of a five-member elected board, uh, the county commissioners, um, and and the ultimate description of of roles and responsibilities are that uh, they act as the corporate policy-making board of of our organization and. Uh, I lead a group of highly talented men and women every day to try to fulfill those policies and and really meet uh, not only the needs but the expectations of a growing community. And it's something that I'm really passionate about. And um, uh, sharing and collaborating are critical. And and I think uh, some of the relationships that we've uh, uh, began to set here um, will help help continue that down the path. So again, I just appreciate the opportunity to be here with you guys this morning. Thank you, Brian. You do your job very very well. Um, Justin, talk to us a little bit about how the position is structured here in Bowling Springs and maybe a little glimpse into the day in the life of a town manager. Sure. Well, uh, thank you all for having me. Um, I'll echo Brian's sentiments. And uh, he stole my line. I was going to say there is no typical day, that's for sure. Um, I'd say it's, uh, it's, it's very similar at the town level that um, in the way Brian explained it, it is at the county level, um, just on a much smaller scale. Um, but uh, it definitely varies day to day. Uh, I'm also appointed... Um, 
and um, deal with uh, more infrastructure things than uh, than the county might. So uh, water, sewer, those uh, those types of uh, of needs of the community, and. Um, one day you're dealing with personnel issues, and this morning I'm setting up barricades for a concert we've got tonight. So it's uh, just just depends on the day, but that's what keeps it exciting. I think is there's there's always something new to new to deal with, um, and especially in small towns, you're able to really kind of you know get out there, and know the community, and, and be involved in those different those different levels because we have a smaller staff, and um, it's a, a great team. But uh, we're we're all hands on deck a lot of the time. Concerts much more fun than personnel issues, right? <laughs> Correct, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about that concert here in a few moments. Um, one of the reasons we wanted to get both of you together is kind of to celebrate some things that have gone on recently and some some great successes. Gardner-Webb, the town of Bowling Springs in Cleveland County, recently engaged in a, a great public-private partnership, uh, something that we think is going to enhance um, what we tout as cultural capital for years to come. Let's talk about the recent funding, the recent appropriation from the state of North Carolina for our area and how that will impact our area. Brian, you you spearheaded this uh, effort along with the Board of Commissioners at the county level. Talk to us about how it all played out. So uh, just to just to pick up with the, the, the way the system's supposed to work, I, I think that this concept of cultural capital is a piece of our board's strategic plan uh, that we're constantly looking for innovative ways to implement. And um, it's foundationally um, really, really prioritized on the fact that our community is growing uh, and we want to continue to have sustainable growth. Um, our board has prioritized really three functions of community growth. One, let's give somebody something to do. Let's have strong education and let's have strong economy. And if we can do those three things, we believe that Cleveland County will be a community of choice. And we're really pleased. We seem to see those policies uh, being leveraged in the right way to, to, to produce uh, positive outcomes, um, something we've talked about at large in the last, uh, at the conclusion of the 2020 census, Cleveland County was one of 37 counties in North Carolina that saw some growth. So there's a lot of stagnation and decline in the market. We've all seen the the, the population trends of declining birth rates and, and migration trends and so forth. And so, um, you know, to, to have growth in a community uh, that's so scarce is really positive. And I think that uh, this continued way to look for collaborative partnerships, public and private, Leveraging outside resources, um, thinking together is, is critical um, to, to, to really build on that pillar of giving people something to do, giving them a reason to be here. Um, and I think that's that's looking around the corner and, and making sure that our community is sustainable long term. Justin, what does that state appropriation mean and the outdoor performance venue? What does it all mean for our partnership, the town and, and the university? I think it, uh, it it really builds on some um, some smaller partnerships that we've made over the last year, and it's just going to uh, it's going to fit right in with the Boiling Springs downtown master plan that we've got. Uh, the plan basically is going to stop right before the amphitheater, and the amphitheater will be a great continuation of that. Um, so I'm looking forward to um, the smaller partnerships that I mentioned, but then also this opening up the possibility for more partnerships. So you teed up my next question perfectly. <laughs> there are a lot of people who are excited because they've had a glimpse of the Bowling Springs master plan. Um, we'd love for you to share some highlights of, of what's in that plan and what we can expect to see and, and, and what you think the timeline for that plan is going to be. Sure. Um, so we're currently kind of putting the finishing touches on uh, the design work for it. So in the coming months, we'll have some public input sessions where we'll invite people into town hall to show some renderings of what those are going to look like. But uh, you can expect it to show um, some of the power lines and things going underground in downtown, uh, mast arm poles like you might see in downtown Shelby, those big um, 
black poles with the stoplights on them, uh, and then wider sidewalks all the way down South Main Street, um, brick accents to complement Gardner-Webb's brick buildings that they have on campus. Uh, you're going to see some design work around the um, downtown features, such as the cemetery. So we're going to try and uh, open that space up, but also enliven that space. Enliven, <laughs> yes, that's a good way to put it. Um, but really, want to make it more pedestrian friendly. Um, we'll open up more parking spaces as well as we do some of that work uh, and make it safer. Awesome, good stuff. What, what what's what's the time range that we think that 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 plan is going to play out? So um, once we have the design work done and all that's finalized, we'll bid it out. And um, the way things have been going with the construction market is uh, we'll probably have to give a lengthy time frame for mm-hmm. a contractor to come in and complete that work uh, just to, to fit into their schedule. But uh, we hope to see dirt moving next year. Awesome. Brian, at the county level, I'm guessing you two have a strategic plan um, already in place um, and that facilities and capital projects are prominent features in that plan. Can you give us a a taste of what some of the big things coming on the near horizon at the county level. Yeah. I, uh, this past week, I actually um, twice a year conduct employee meetings and I travel around our organization and held 15 meeting of those meetings last week. And this commitment to capital is one of the uh, pillars of, of the board's strategic plan. And it, it is, I would say, the most robust plan that, that our community and organization's ever seen. And I think the the executive summary uh, is that we're going to look different in five years than we look today. We're going to look very different in five years. Um, the, 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 the pinnacle of that capital uh, improvement pl- program is a, a new justice center that's about 375,000 square feet. Uh, it includes a, a, new, a new jail that's co-located with a new courthouse and a sheriff's administration building. But we're also uh, working on a new board of elections location, a new 911 communications center, uh, we're expanding our outdoor public shooting complex, which is um, the largest on the East Coast. It's 162 acres, about a four. Is that going to be right beside the jail? Right beside it. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, we we see that as a uh, community safety enhancement. Uh, no, joking, of course, but it's uh, you know there 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 are multiple projects that are that are really going to transform uh, the appearance and the optic of what people see when they come into the community. Um, something else that's just really exciting that I think is transformational and innovative and collaborative and another example of a public-private partnership is our board has recently extended a uh, 10-year lease with the Cleveland County Fair, um, which is a huge, huge uh, regional draw. Um, And we've been able to earmark about $1.6 million uh, of investment that can be used for that property enhancement, and that'll be aesthetics, utilities, uh, really, really trying to increase the utilization of that public asset and and again, this concept of cultural capital, mm-hmm. it, it will make Cleveland County a uh, not only a different feel and a different look, but but really give folks some diversity in, in, in things to do. Justin, Gardner-Webb in the town of Bowling Springs partnered back in April. It seems like a long time ago. It was a beautiful but frigid April Saturday. But we partnered successfully on something that we called the first annual Webstock Music Festival. We shut down the street. We had some food and some vendors, and we had four bands, and it was great fun. Um, why do you feel that there's value in investing in events like this? And uh, I, I know you've got a, um, a sequel to that uh, starting soon, Music on Main. Talk to us a little bit about these kinds of signature events and, and the payoff that you see coming from them. Sure. Um, so they are great ways to, you know, physically bring everybody together. I mean, we um, 
We've got some, you know, partnerships that are more symbolic that we've worked kind of internally on between the town and Gardner-Webb. Uh, but when we close down a street and we have people from one side of the street and people from the other side of the street come out and are actually, you know, there together, um, I think that uh, that sort of picture is worth a thousand words, so to, so to speak. Um, so we got a really good response from Webstock, and we wanted to um, to continue that momentum. Um, it's takes a lot of resources to close down a street and to pull off an event that size. So um, we're closing down a parking lot downtown and going to um, set up a Gardner Web stage and um, have some food trucks and things there and um, try to just do that on a, on a smaller scale. Um, this year we're doing, I think, just the one Music on Main concert, but next year we're going to plan to have about three. So we'll have you know one Music on Main, Webstock, and then a couple more. Um, and really just kind of keep that uh, And when that amphitheater's there, we'll have a whole summer music series. That's right, yeah. So that'll be cool. Awesome. I think, you know, music is one of those things that brings people together from all backgrounds, and it's great fun. Um, Speaking of events and activities, here at Gardner-Webb, as you know, we we host Division I Athletics, NCAA Athletics 22 D1 teams in – Lovely Bowling Springs. We've only got one stoplight, but we got 22 Division One teams. Um, we have active performing arts community with with events throughout the year. What are, what are some of the ways that both of you think that we can get more people to take advantage of the fun and and you know the the wonderful talent of these young people who come to school here at Gardner Webb, who we think will entertain everybody in the community. How can we draw them here? You know, I think, um, I mean, I th- not to keep going back to the amphitheater, but I think that is going to really help draw people in. Um, right now, to come onto campus, I mean, we have a Chick-fil-A on campus, but who go, who leaves their home in Boiling Springs and goes on campus and goes to Chick-fil-A? Um, but having something that's sort of front and center that's going to bring Starbucks those is people coming, in. my friend. Starbucks. I mean, those kind of <laughs> things are going to draw the community onto the campus um, and, and bring those people in. And you know, we've done some uh, some smaller things within the past year. We've started a, uh, a newsletter that we send out to residents with water bills, and we post it on the website. But um, we put a Gardner Web calendar of events in there to try and promote yeah, that's some great. Of those we appreciate that. that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's little things like that, but then it's those um, those big things too that that Starbucks sign is going to bring <laughs> bring people there. And that Starbucks sign is going to be on Main Street as well because we're not just adding the Starbucks; we're adding a now full menu, full service Chick Fil A, and we're talking about ways in which people can park at the Tucker Student Center have their order already placed online and have it delivered to their car. Wow. So we, we're, we're very much looking to get the community onto campus for that. From my perspective, I think, as Justin said many times, their ability to do something kind of at a grassroots level um, locally and, and force that partnership from a county perspective, it's about how can we help collaborate and support that. Uh, if you're a believer in, iner- in a believer in inertia and momentum um, and, you know, the hardest thing is to get something in, in motion. Once it's in motion, uh, it tends to stay in motion. And I think that uh, we often take momentum for granted. So to me, uh, leveraging sports, I mean, the fact that we have a Division One university with 22 sports in our community that's often overlooked and underappreciated, first we have to tell that story and we have to recognize that that's the truth. I think, secondly, we have to create intentional connection and exposure. Um, and then, three, we have to just pr- keep keep really trying to – maintain that momentum um, because, uh, you know, I think the not only the, the, the cultural aspect of having um, 22 Division One sports with, with world-class athletes, 
uh, to enjoy their talents is, is amazing. I think the economic impact from those type of things is often overlooked. Um, and that's one of the things that the county is committed to and how we can help promote and endorse Gardner Webb as being really a, you know, a, a catalyst uh, for our community. We, we are partnering with an Oxford University um, subsidiary called Tourism Economics this year to do an economic impact analysis of Gardner Webb um, uh, and all the functions that you all do. And I think that that'll help further tell that story of the criticalness and, and the path that has to be leveraged um, because Gardner Webb makes our community, it's a competitive advantage, it's a differentiation component, um, and it's something that if we polish just a little bit, um, we should all be very proud of and be and really be pushing to the front of the line. Good stuff. We're all in this together. Before we leave sports, um, I'll just drop this in there. Thursday night, 7 p.m., September 1, under the lights. It's a blackout. It's Gardner-Webb University football against Limestone. So we're looking forward to a great community attendance uh, to cheer on the running Bulldogs. All right, gentlemen, from football to uh, Wi-Fi and technology, the county, we understand, is looking to expand broadband. The town of Bowling Springs is looking to bring city-sponsored Wi-Fi to Bowling Springs. Can we talk a little bit about the impact, the importance of technologies like these for citizens and for visitors? So I'll start. Um, I think it's critical. I think if we um, if we had a list of things that we've learned in the last 24 months uh, as a result of the pandemic, it's uh, it's vast and wide technology and access to technology is critical uh, to business enterprise, uh, corporate uh, our corporate community to uh, remote work. I mean, there's community. I think it's Tulsa, Oklahoma, who's paying people ten thousand dollars to move to their city if they work remotely. So they don't care where you work for, but you you wow. literally get an incentive. To move to the city for population growth. And so if we want to be competitive as a community, and I'm speaking again from the county kind of more of a macro perspective, but if we want people to have to see Cleveland County as a community of choice, we have to be competitive in our infrastructure allotment. And I think we're more competitive than people realize. Uh, we've got about 45,000 households uh, across about 30 census tracts in Cleveland County. And the vast majority of those tracts are currently served with high-speed fiber um, but for the folks that aren't, there are legitimate dead zones, which are really, really challenging. And so county commissioners have committed $1 million uh, in um, uh, the FY23 budget through two state matching grants with Spectrum. Um, and then Spectrum has received a third grant. So there's actually three projects going across Cleveland County right now that we believe between now and 2025, 99% of the households in Cleveland County will have access to high-speed internet. And that's really, that's really going to be critical to, uh, you know, supporting all the other initiatives that we're trying to work on. Closing the digital divide. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's it's such a such a key or such a um, um, a need that's sort of interwoven in our daily lives that we you don't really think about it. It's kind of one of those things where you don't think about when you go to the faucet and turn on water and water comes out. But you know, when you don't have water, you're you're calling town hall. Sorry, I'm speaking from <laughs> personal experience there. Um, but it's you know Wi-Fi. When the Wi-Fi goes out, you don't uh, you don't have that. And you don't realize the things that you uh, that you can't do. Um, so we have applied for a grant through the Appalachian Regional Commission that um, Cleveland County has just recently uh, been able to join. Um, and I submitted that grant on Monday, actually, but it would bring Wi-Fi to uh, the downtown area and uh, to our community park. Uh, so it basically creates a, a mesh network that uh, gives us one access point and then allows us to kind of grow it out from there. So as the streetscape expands and the amphitheater comes in, we can uh, can move that Wi-Fi network and uh, and expand it as needed. But um, in, in digging into the details and then talking to local business owners and community members, um, again, I got a sense of how many people 
you know, go to businesses like the snack shop and, and ask for the Wi-Fi password so that on their lunch break they can sit there and mm-hmm. fill out a job right. application mm-hmm. or, or do research for uh, for a homework project because if they, they may not have it at home. So it um, it really is a need in our community, and uh, we're looking forward to bringing that to Boiling Springs. Awesome. As a plug there, we shouldn't take for granted, Justin just mentioned that this was the uh, – that Cleveland County was allotted into the Appalachian Regional Council this year, commonly referred to as ARC. First county added in over 50 years, mm-hmm. and they are a grantor agency that gives away hundreds of millions of dollars every single year, hundreds of millions of dollars. This is a, a game-changing game opportunity not only for broadband but for all types of infrastructure, workforce mm-hmm. development strategies. Uh, it's a really, really big deal, and I'm, I'm grateful to our state representatives and our federal congressional uh, representatives who, who lobbied to get us in that group. Everybody working together for good. That's, that's a great story. Um, I think all three of us have an interest in attracting business and attracting development opportunities to create a stronger workforce in the town and in the county. Talk to us a little bit about not necessarily a particular business or a particular development opportunity, but the the genre that you're most interested, the the kind of area sector of the economy that you'd love to see uh, enhanced in the county and brought to the town of Bowling Springs. You go ahead, Brian. I'm going to pitch it to you first. <laughs> well, um, we're, we're, I think it's a fascinating question, and I think, like all question is, it depends. It, I think your economic recruitment strategies depend on what your proposed outcome is. So, you know, if you ask my wife that question, she says, let's get a Target, or let's get retail, let's get more restaurants, and all those are great from a community development My wife says the same thing, Same too, thing, same thing. It's the way it is. Uh, and, and my gas bill would agree because uh, often <laughs> she has to drive far to get there. Uh, however, I, I would point out that there are, there are reasons uh, to specifically recruit that, and Justin and I are actually working through a contract with a company uh, out of state, a consultant that's called Retail Strategies, that helps identify the business model and the, and the demographic um, 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 targets for those type of companies to put those folks in Bowling Springs because that's more of a community development, economic development focus. Uh, but it isn't necessarily a workforce uh, development strategy. Um, from a diversity of workforce, we've done incredibly well countywide in uh, production, manufacturing. Um, uh, as the exodus of textiles in the early 2000s kind of uh, came to fruition, we've rebuilt the economy, and, and the vast majority of our economic tax base is in that area, almost to, to the level where there's a concentration risk. I think over the next 10 years, as we're redefining and reinventing who Cleveland County is from an economic perspective, diversity in the types of jobs that we create are critical, um, more professional type jobs, uh, jobs that support production and support those type of folks. Uh, um, you know, there's a real emphasis on chemistry and uh, mining and those type things in the in the eastern part of our county right now with lithium and, and those type of projects that are really, really, really innovative, high-tech, and uh, exciting. Uh, but, um, you know, I think we've been unproportionately successful over the last 10 years rebuilding the economy, even though we're one county in North Carolina out of 100, and from a population perspective, we're well less than 1%. We've recruited and uh, been accountable for about 13% of the total capital investment uh, in North Carolina in the last decade. So we've been incredibly successful, almost to a fault. And now I think as we, again, look around the corner. Not to a fault. (laughs) We have to be careful that we're not um, creating a concentration risk and we are looking for diversity. And so, you know, to me, that's what's really important. 
No, absolutely, and, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I wanted you to talk about some of that first because I know that um, I've had internal discussions with the town council about how Boiling Springs would love to uh, see the tax base expand through like some light manufacturing, and yep. I know Cleveland County is a great base for that. Um, and But we are, what, two miles or so from 74? I mean, you don't yep. think about it being that close, but I mean, right. being right on that corridor really um, is an advantage for us. But you know, coming closer into downtown, we've recently contracted with an architect to do some renderings for – uh, potentially building some buildings in front of town hall up on the street, so adding some smaller business space. Um, so we're really kind of attracting or looking to attract the larger businesses uh, and the the smaller businesses. And but you've got really nice grass there. We do, we do. That's that's actually been the struggle: is do we want to mess up the nice landscaping that we've got? Um, but we're going to have some renderings done to kind of see if we if we want to do that. And uh, and I think that's important because we have limited downtown space. So if we're able to add. Uh, four or six more storefronts, then that'll um, really increase the businesses that we're able to to bring in. Um, just as a plug, I know uh, that we're about two miles from 74 because we applied for a grant for electric vehicle charging stations, mm. and we're going to be getting some of those downtown. That's a grant through uh, the state that we recently got. So looking forward to being able to add that as an amenity for, for businesses That's good because they're not cheap, yeah. as no. I recall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Look forward to that. And and similar to high-speed internet, it's an expectation of a growing community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an expectation. Another expectation of a growing community, Brian, is public safety. Um, and we know the county's placed some special emphasis on both public safety and citizen engagement. I'm told even launching something called a Citizens Academy. Can you share a little bit more about these efforts? Sure. I would say um, – most people would agree that of the responsibilities that, that, that are outlined in local government, public safety is a critical path. Uh, you're talking life or death, and, and, and that is something that um, has continued to be a priority uh, for our organization. When I became the manager uh, in 2018, um, there was really a, a catching up period. There had been some, uh, uh, some, some needs that haven't been able to be met, to be, to be met, uh, met over time for com- you know, competing priorities or, or whatever the case may have been. But um, since, since 2015, over the last seven or eight budgets, there's been about a 34% increase in total funding, about $10 million a year more put into public safety. And I think that we, we know now we're in a more uh, balanced state and a state where needs are being met. And so <clears throat> the question now is what's next? Again, since our community is growing and there's all these changes that are going on at a rapid pace. What can we expect uh, reasonably looking around the corner? And so currently we're, we're engaged with a consulting firm that's to helping us draft a five-year uh, strategic plan specific to public safety that will kind of fold into the board's overarching strategic plan, and that will really give us some areas to focus on and try to grow towards. Um, and I'm really I'm glad you brought up the Citizens Academy. That's something I'm incredibly excited about. I'm not aware of any other county in the state who does it. There's some municipalities that, that, that do this kind of concept. But generally, I think that, that we want to make we, – we really focus on a, a culture of high performance. Uh, we want folks to be proud of the county government that they're a part of. Uh, we want them to know we're here to serve them. Um, and part of that is when you do good work, you want to you tell people about it. Uh, and so we're working on a six-week course – open to the public. Um, it's about an hour a week. And we're just literally going to take folks around our organization and show them the the mechanics and the bones of how county government works. Things like an EMS system, things like a landfill. People have, uh, it's easy to take for granted the complexity and sophistication and cost of disposing of solid waste. Uh, but it is incredible. And there's a lot of really smart people uh, that work for county government doing a lot of really good things. 
to ensure that our wheels keep turning in an efficient and effective manner. And that's a story that we want to tell. And, and we also want to seek feedback. Part of that is, uh, you know, we fundamentally believe as a company that feedback is a gift and growth is optional. And, and, and we think that if we, uh, if we share what we're doing and why we're doing it and there's authentic feedback, that'll make us better. So I'm excited to launch that in September of this year. And if that's something folks are interested in, I would encourage them to uh, reach out to the county manager's office and we'll get them on the list. Outstanding. So we all know that our communities are strengthened when we've got fellow citizens standing shoulder to shoulder, willing to roll up their sleeves and help us get stuff done. Um, as leaders, we sleep better at night when we know that there are people who want to be engaged. Um, talk to us about how at the town and the county level uh, you're encouraging citizens to get involved, to volunteer on community boards, committees, groups, and such. Can you share ways in which our citizens can become more engaged in their community? I'll start on this one. Um, August 18th, 6 p.m., we have a volunteer meeting at Town Hall, so people can uh, can come by and uh, uh, learn about the different ways that they, uh, that they have to get involved. But we have um, a, a few community boards, whether it's the Planning and Zoning Board or Board of Adjustment, so official boards that we um, have to have uh, community members sit on and, and make recommendations to the town council for. And then we have more things that we're trying to do, um, like the concert, like a, um, you know, a farmer's market type idea or more events in the park. And, and we need people to do that because, as I mentioned earlier, we have a, a small staff and uh, there's just a, just a few of us. So um, if people uh, if people come in the front door, then we'll we'll put them to work. So awesome. uh, that August eighteenth meeting is to um, to learn about some of those uh, different types of ways to get involved and hopefully come up with some new ideas. August eighteenth, town hall. What time? Six p.m. Six p.m. We'll get that get that news out. Okay. County volunteers, very, you need very any? similar. Uh, yeah, we, anyone willing need to be part of the team? Students? We uh, <laughs> we 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 welcome uh, your participation. All, we have um, almost a hundred advisory boards uh, and committees, all of which are on our website. Eagerly uh, encourage you to uh, apply and and put your skill set to work for your community, um, and also just let your voice be heard. As Justin said, there are working boards that. Um, that really have influence. You, you want your community to develop a certain way in certain spots at a certain pace, well, be part of the planning board, be part of the board of adjustment. If you want, you know, to see, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 compassionate uh, animal welfare uh, regulations be uh, considered, then be part of our animal services advisory committee. If you want to see EMS done differently, we have, uh, you know, library. There are so many functions where it's your opportunity to have thoughts and, and, uh, really apply your passion to subject matter experts. And, and, and those things make changes, and they make impact. And I would just encourage people to get involved in any way they can. Strength of local democracy is the involvement of people. All right, gentlemen, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to share with our listeners that we haven't addressed so far? Anything on your mind? Anything on the near horizon? I, again, just want to keep echoing that the community is changing. I believe in a positive way. Change is often scary, but when done in the right place at the right time and at the right pace, it is beneficial to all. And I think that as I look around the community uh, and and specifically at folks in leadership positions, um, there's a lot of new energy. Uh, there's a lot of new ideas, um, but there's that consistent commitment to collaboration that we've known in Cleveland County for a long, long time. Uh, and I just have tremendous confidence that the decisions being made are going to produce 
meaningful results over the next five to ten years. I'm excited to be a part of it. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to echo that uh, that things are changing, and, and I'm excited about it. You know, I've I've been here the least amount of time, just a little over a year, and um, we've done some big changes at Town Hall. Um, I know there have been some big changes at Gardner-Webb, and I know that the county continues to grow and things continue to change there. So it's an, exci- an exciting time to be in Cleveland County. It's a great place to live and work. All right, Brian Epley, Justin Longino, thank you. Thank you for being our guest today on Bulldog Dialogue. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your partnership. Thank you for everything you do for the citizens of our town and our county. To find out more about the town of Bowling Springs, check out BoilingSpringsNC.net. And to explore the events, activities, and opportunities for Cleveland County, visit ClevelandCounty.com. Stick around. After the break, we'll be back with Gardner-Webb News and some social interactions. Did you know that Gardner-Webb University hosts a community prayer gathering the first Wednesday of each month? You can join us in Dover Chapel on September 7th at 1130 a.m. for a devotional time with Gardner-Webb alumnus Buddy Moorhead. Buddy is also the pastor at Lattimore Baptist Church, and as a reminder... These gatherings are always free and open to the public. We hope you can join us there. All right, welcome back to Bulldog Dialogue. It's time to get a little social and check out what's going on at the web. We're going to start with Gardner Webb Undergraduate Admissions on Twitter. Uh, at Future Dogs, and that's dogs with a W, ladies and gentlemen. The application portal for fall enrollment in 2023 has just opened. You can apply on our website or through the Common App. And to celebrate, we are giving away three Gardner Webb University swag bags to students who apply for 2023. So make sure you get your application in before August 15th, and you'll be eligible for a very cool swag bag. That's at Future Dogs. What else we got going on? Alumni, Gardner-Webb alumni, friends, fans, everybody in the community, come out and join us for Gardner-Webb University Night at the American Legion World Series in Shelby. That's Friday, August 12th, 6 p.m. for $8.00. You get to join us in a cool setting, a one-of-a-kind meal, mingle with friends, mingle with folks at Gardner-Webb. Each registered guest will also receive general admission ticket for the remainder of the series. That's not bad for eight bucks, folks. Gardner-Webb University night at the American Legion World Series in Shelby. Next, boy, we are again getting excited for... Uh, the debut of this year's football team and our fan experience at Spangler Stadium is going to be spectacular. Not just because of the football team, but also because of our Marching Bulldogs. The Marching Bulldog Band will be back in action, bigger in, than, and better than ever with a new director, Dr. Sarah Fabian. Uh, come on out, check them out at GWU Marching Bulldogs on your favorite social media platform. The music doesn't stop at the web, and there's even time for you to still join the Marching Bulldogs. Contact Dr. Sarah Fabian for information. That's safabian at gardnerweb.edu. 
check out the uniforms too. And the man, the, the drums this year with the new bulldog logo, they look fantastic. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, shout out to our friend, our alumnus, John Eric Sullivan, who was recently promoted as vice president of player personnel at the NFL's Green Bay Packers. What an incredible climb up the professional ladder for John Eric Sullivan. I got to to chat with him a little bit last year when he came in uh, for homecoming. Good man, good running bulldog, good Green Bay Packer, and we just couldn't be more thrilled for for his continuing success. All right, folks, uh, that's a snippet, a smidgen of what's going on online in the world of Gardner-Webb University. Let me thank, again, Brian Epley and Justin Longino for being with us today on Bulldog Dialogue. And thanks to all of you for taking time to be with us here, and, and we thank you for all that you do to stay connected with Gardner-Webb University. Wherever you may be, in the office, on the road, at home, or in the gym, you can find and subscribe to all official Gardner-Webb University podcasts on your favorite platforms like Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. Until next time, for Bulldog Dialogue, I'm Gardner-Webb University President William Downs. Skodogs. dogs.